0: This time last year, I sat down with my colleague Matt Vela to talk through our cultural predictions for 2022. Matt is the editor of the FT Weekend magazine, so he's in the business of noticing cultural trends and good stories. And two years into the pandemic, he was really looking forward to a lighter news cycle. Matt, is there anything else that you would like to see in 2022 that we did
1: not get to? I mean, I guess the small scandal if that makes a comeback, I'll be so happy. Like, yeah, I think there was like a time that the they had to shut down the large hydron collider because there was like some baguette in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that kind of story where, you know, nobody gets harmed except some subatomic <laughs> particles. I could deal with that. Right.
0: Fast forward to today.
1: That didn't happen so much, did it?
0: Yeah, I
1: don't know. Mm. I don't think so.
0: 2022 has not been the easy year that Matt had hoped for. Russia's war in Ukraine has reminded us that peace is precarious. There's an energy crisis. There's a looming recession. But in all of our lives, there have also been lots of good things. And next year, there will be more. So as the year winds down, we're still looking forward and thinking about what comes next. Which means that today, Matt is back to talk about 2023. You sent us a ton of predictions over the past few weeks, and we go through them, and we add some of our own. Then, we invite FT editors and reporters to share their predictions on their own cultural beats. This is FT Weekend. I'm Lila Reptopolis. Matt, welcome back to the show. I am so thrilled to have you on. Thanks so much. So we're reuniting here after a year— Um, And last year, I was listening to last year's predictions, and the most popular one for 2022 was the return of the flip phone,
1: Mm. Yep.
0: (laughs) which I'm sad to say didn't happen.
1: Yeah, that Apple flip phone that they introduced was pretty amazing.
0: (laughs) Top notch. (sighs) So we're going to try this again.
1: What was your cultural wish?
0: Well, first, I wanted a remake of Three Men and a Baby.
1: Yeah, so you wanted Three Men and a Baby, and instead you got Dahmer. So <laughs> I think that, that's like a pretty good precursor to the rest of the year.
0: Yeah, I think that basically sums it up. Okay, so should we go into our first prediction? Yeah. Okay, this is from Alice Danvers. Uh, let's hear it. Hi, I'm Alice Danvers. Um, I think with Twitter on fire, that blogging is going to make a comeback. Um, I also think that there is space for Tamagotchis to make a comeback. They're basically vapes, but
1: again. Oh my God, Alice (laughs) on fire. So
0: what do you think? Uh, What happens if everybody leaves Twitter?
1: Uh, Twitter. I will say I'm 100% pro Mm -hmm. the revival of Tumblr. You know, mm-hmm. like, let's get a Ouija board and some tarot cards and seance it up here and just bring it back to life because I'm ready to go back to that. Yeah, I don't know if it'll actually happen. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I mean, this is like a desire. It feels like a desire for old school technology, right? Like, we want Tumblr. We want the blog. The Tamagotchi, Alice says, is a vapes, but a game.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Surely... Yeah, a, a vape that for <laughs> has a Tamagotchi built into it is something that we could have.
0: Tamagotchis are, it was like a late 90s or early 2000s game that you would clip onto your belt. And uh, you had to sort of just like feed a little animal and make sure it didn't die.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's uh, perfect it. for embedding in a vape. You know, as you're killing <laughs> yourself, you take care of a uh, fake life. Sure. Yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, the other thing, we don't have to go deeply into Twitter, but the thing that it makes me think about is like over the past few years, so much of the influencer economy and even like the media economy is built on how many followers you have. And if one platform just kind of like disappears, then does having a lot of followers actually correlate to being more important? Mm,
1: <laughs> like, mm. does
0: that just does that just not matter anymore?
1: I don't know. I think the underlying vibe of to kind of panic on twitter is like somebody please stop this thing because none of us can really cope with the thought of it not being here anymore but it's getting pretty crazy Mm -hmm. it's a little bit like when your favorite celebrity goes from having like a fun meltdown to is this person gonna like hurt themselves please stop you know
0: yeah okay shall we go to the next one the next one is flora mckay from london Hi, Lila. This is Flora McKay calling from Mile End in London. My wish for 2023 is that we see Big Brother style authenticity and reality come back to the world of reality TV. Um, luckily, we've got that show coming back for us, but I want to go back to like the old days at the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills with Lisa Vanderpump. Um, but yeah, I'd love to see um, real people living real lives, no kind of constructed narratives, no sort of self-constructed identities, just um, everyday boring life. Yeah. Um, What do you think? Do you want real world season one style reality TV?
1: No, but I would definitely take (laughs) early Real Housewives. There definitely was something going on with Bravo this year. I, I never heard of BravoCon before, and then all of a sudden it was like everything in my feed for weeks. And Mm. so I definitely think there's something around the sort of, like, low-stakes drama. I'd I'd totally sign up for that. I completely see the appeal in in the reality TV show where, like, the slight is that you came an hour later than what the invite said. Like, (laughs) easy-to-handle sort of interpersonal drama that doesn't escalate into murder or robbery (laughs) or, you know. um,
0: Is that what's happening, Matt? I, I mean, for those who don't know, meaning me, like, what's happening on Real Housewives right now that's different oh from God. what was happening 10 years ago?
1: Okay, well, I'll I'll stand it. Fine. Okay. It's just, you know, there are people going to, who are facing jail sentences for for fraud, and um, there are home invasions happening. And I mean, I guess in the sense of, like, television reflecting reality, maybe that's accurate or whatever, but I'm definitely <laughs> down to come back to social faux pas and you won't believe what she said. I don't know. You you don't partake in reality television.
0: I do, but not the Real Housewives. I've been trying to avoid it for my sanity. Mm,
1: mm. I think um, some of the other people who wrote in uh, made a similar point of kind of wanting some kind of authenticity, whether it's in reality TV or television and film or, or books, I think. I was thinking about why that is the case and I think it's because there's so much more media now and it's coming out so so much faster and the more you see and the faster you see it, the more the patterns become obvious and I think that kind of yearning for a little bit of um, unscriptedness even in the quote unquote unscripted programming out there, it totally Mm -hmm. makes sense and I, I feel the same.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was actually talking to a listener recently, and she's a documentarian, and she was sort of lamenting um, the loss of, like, real old-school documentaries, and it made me think about how I miss that, too. Like, I miss the days when a good documentary was, like, somebody spending months on the road with a handheld camcorder, like, following people around and getting access, like— um Paris is Burning, about New York's drag scene, yeah, and the 80s War Room, yeah. Yeah. Um, Hoop Dreams from 94 that followed high school students in Chicago that wanted to be NBA players for, like, five years. Mm -hmm. And now it feels like they're these Netflix documentaries that I don't even know if they could be called documentaries. They're, like, perfectly shot. They're produced like movies. Um, A lot of them are produced by celebrities, that they're about mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the JLo documentary mm-hmm. and the Lizzo documentary and you know all the stuff produced by Harry and Meghan and I watch it I like lap it up but I also leave it feeling like bad for Jennifer Lopez for not getting an Oscar <laughs> and
1: mm-hmm. I, think like, <laughs>
0: I mean like is this what I'm trying to learn I don't know
1: that is a true tragedy but <laughs> it is a true yeah tragedy. I know it's pretty formulaic a lot of that stuff yeah um
0: So I want to see more real documentaries in 2023.
1: Found footage. Um, Blair Witch. Found footage.
0: Yeah. 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 Okay, let's do... I'm going to play the next one. The next one is from Marion Rod. She is, full disclosure, my friend's little sister. Let's hear it.
1: I'm Marion Rod from Miami, Florida. I'm a friend of the podcast. And my prediction and wish for 2023 is a dating app that's similar to the new social media app that just dropped this year called Be Real, where it'll help us make dating apps feel less curated, a little bit more organic, and kind of limit our options, maybe in how many people we can talk to. I think we might see a trend also in like speed dating. I'm contemplating giving it a shot myself in the new year. Kind of scary, but maybe it's a high risk, high reward situation. Well, I'm married. (laughs) which is a little like in the dating apps world is a little like that scene in interstellar when they go to the like really big planet if they're only there for a little while when they come back 40 years have passed so (laughs) Uh, unfortunately i don't know what the kids are doing but it it, it's really interesting (laughs) and um her note i thought i picked up on sort of like Mm de-gamifying this thing like And I met my wife on Tinder, full disclosure. So I'm very, like, happy and thankful that Tinder exists. But the swiping is, I mean, it can be unhealthy. Mm -hmm. So I think speed dating is a really good one. What do you think? Yeah.
0: Be Real is a really interesting app to me because it feels like this reaction against how curated the internet is becoming, like how corporate it's getting and how, like, corporate every app gets over time. So, is like a app where it sort of pings you at a certain time and has you just like take a snapshot of where you are and it's very uncurated and it sends it to your friends and you get it from them. It's like a check in, and I get that. Like I get why people want to do that. Yeah. I mean, dating wise, I make it a rule not to talk about my dating life on this show. Okay, <laughs> but I will say, so you just that let me 2022... totally be a wife
1: guy, and then you're not gonna like <laughs> step up. Thanks, thanks a lot. Okay,
0: no, I, I'll yeah. do it. I'll do it. Um, I'll say in 2022, I noticed that like. People's hearts were not in the apps anymore. Everyone was, like, resigned yeah. to being
1: there. It's a little like Twitter.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I found people were talking more in person, a lot more in person, getting set up, tapping their networks. That was happening. Mm. There was this big piece in New York Magazine. You've disproved it, but that, like, the one relationship that Tinder wants you to maintain is a relationship yeah. with Tinder. Yeah. <laughs> that that's become a lot of people's longest relationship over the past 10 years. Yeah. So, yeah, so I I get it. Like, I think speed dating would be a hilarious thing to go into style.
1: I think it might need a rebrand for, for 2023. Because yeah. at this stage, it's not really speed dating. It would be slow dating, right? Because yeah. compared to the apps and compared to swiping and location. And you're right. Actually just spending 15 minutes in front of another person, even if you're not into it. It is a slower version of what you're doing with an app.
0: All right. Rebranding speed dating in 2023.
1: Artisanal. Um, Artisanal speed Meat cutes (laughs) or something. I don't know. You could workshop (laughs) it, but...
0: Okay. The next listener, Colin, is from Anton Zhdanov from Ukraine.
1: Now that we can confidently say
0: pandemic is a matter of the past, and most of the countries have lifted any um, COVID-related restrictions, apparently except for China that is still clinging to its zero-COVID policy, I expect to see more world tours announced by
1: famous music bands.
0: Okay. More world tours, more famous bands, more sort of big performances. That seems to be true. When I talked to Arwa Hader, a music critic, she said the same thing. What do you think?
1: I mean, recent events seem to suggest there might be some kinks to work out, but definitely prove (laughs) the listener's point about how much pent-up demand there is.
0: And by recent events, you mean Taylor Swift? Yeah.
1: Whenever I say the recent events, to get I'm, I'm just referring to whatever's happened with Taylor Swift in the last <laughs> two or three days. But yeah, I think that's definitely going to happen. I think the economics of being a major recording artist are completely reliant on, on touring at this point. So yeah, I think it's great.
0: One thing that I noticed in this answer and in a lot of listener write-in answers is that... It feels like there's this tension right now between like everything opening and there being tons of excess. And then on the other side, there's this like nesting and recession planning. Mm -hmm. And it's like we're sort of straddling the line. Mm -hmm. Um, There's one listener who is a baker named Alex Caffey. Mm -hmm. She said that fancy cakes are making a comeback um, Mm -hmm. and she thinks that 2023 will be marked by indulgence. That history shows that after a plague, there's a renaissance. So we're all just going to indulge. But then on the flip side, there were a lot of listeners that were like, we're in recession world. Don't bother us. Like um, Sarah Barraclough from London said that we'll be doing more dinner parties and brewing our own beers and baking our own bread to keep costs down. And she thinks there will be a rise in thermal loungewear <laughs>
1: <laughs> 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 to keep heating bills down. <laughs> yes. Bring on the unique flow. <laughs>
0: One uh, listener said that we're moving deep into like next level cottage core, where there is more second hand and farmhouse furniture in our homes. One person said we're a couple stressful news years away from full on bonnets. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you mean like a reversion to pre whatever to Oregon Trail? Okay, all right, <laughs> sure. well. Oh, how to be optimistic about the end of the world. That is very... (laughs) And do you stay in for it or do you go out? That's really the the question. No, but... um, That is the
0: eternal question. Not
1: to be stuck too much on television, but I do think one of the reasons White Lotus has hit so hard this year is that it it kind of addresses this question in a way, like, basically, Brexit happens and you have this thing that's not supposed to happen that, that happened, and everyone's mm-hmm. brains start to get scrambled. And then Trump yeah. beats Hillary, which wasn't supposed to happen. And it's just been like an unending things that weren't supposed to happen mm-hmm. after the next like war in Europe. What? Like that doesn't that doesn't compute. Yeah. Uh, not to mention the the little thing of the pandemic. And I feel like that bizarre sound from the music at the intro that like <laughs> sound is like, please don't put that in, please put a cut in the the actual music if you can. But that's the sound of all of our brains turning into soup after the last six (laughs) years of relentless events. Yeah. And in a way, we're all sort of Jennifer Coolidge bumping around the end of sort of opulent era not really knowing what to make Mm -hmm. of it all and being kind of confused Mm -hmm. all the time but at the same time a lot of people have more than anyone's ever had you and I included and it's what do you do with that do you enjoy it yeah do you you know do you freak out about it
0: yeah I think you just do both it's like one of those situations where Mm -hmm. it's an and and instead of an and or I mean I don't know if we have any other choice
1: yeah um,
0: okay, there are a few, like, really wacky ones that I would love to shout Great. out that we got from listeners. Um, one is the rise—and please interrupt with any any thoughts on any of them. Um, one is the rise in olfactory art from Charlie Warren. It's, like, um, making smells as art. Apparently, this was big in the 80s. Really? And um, he would like to see it come back. Wow. In 2023.
1: What I appreciate about that is in the post-sort of respiratory global pandemic— that's a very hopeful, you know, Yeah, I come to my art gallery and sniff <laughs> with this with all these other people who will also be sniffing. Yeah, I mean, hey, if it happens, I hope it's great. We'll be there. If it happens, I'm reporting it. I think it. it's great, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Someone said, thanks to Depop, we are living in the multiverse of pants. We have wide-leg chinos, cargo zip-offs, boot-cut jeans, but also skinny jeans for men, skinny ties, skinny lapels. Yeah, so 2023 will be a rise in, in a plethora of pants. So
1: we're going to go <laughs> even more. The kaleidoscope of men's pants is going to get even more fantastic. And Yeah, okay, I'm yeah. I'm on board for that. I've... Definitely had a sort of George Costanza, what is the deal with pants type of thing <laughs> several times this year. But, you know. Yeah,
0: me too.
1: Laheim, you know, great. Totally. Skinny pants. Um,
0: pants. There was somebody who said that Dobermans are cool. Like there's like certain new breeds oh, of dogs that not. are getting trendier. Sorry. You don't think Hard so? Hard
1: disagree. <laughs> I, I think any kind of scary dogs, no bueno. But, you know, uh, more power to you if the Dobermans do it for you
0: yeah um okay, Matt. This was so fun. I'm gonna push it to you for a final prediction. Do you have one last thing that you think or you want to happen or you think will happen next year
1: oh uh, i I want this is not a prediction. okay, because you know, sometimes the light at the tunnel at the end of the tunnel is is a noncoming train, and I really hope that's not <laughs> where we're going. but I really hope that we will get our crap together and pull back on this sort of scary erosion of LGBT plus rights that we've seen all over the world, but especially in the United States in the last few months. And it's, you know, there's a lot of different issues that a centrist person would think is um, a regression, but I think it's been really scary at the end of the year here to just see see how much uh, could be taken away that I think a lot of people thought, you know, was progress that we yeah. could kind of count on. What about you?
0: Um, yours is excellent. Mine is, minus. Is-
1: I want Mike and Ike's to come back or some, some kind of candy <laughs> from the eighties that
0: I want three men and a baby again. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> my actual one is much less serious. Um, in a recent episode about music, we talked a lot about Etta James. Yes. Um, and I kind of want a voice like Etta James to get really big again. That isn't Adele. Mm. <laughs> um, no offense to Adele. She's a talent of our time. But yeah, I don't know. I want a voice that fills a room.
1: Mm. Interesting. That's my request. Interesting.
0: Matt, thank you so much. This was exceptionally fun. Thank you. Um,
1: I'll see you in 2024.
0: Yeah, cool. <laughs> something like it. Thanks again to everyone who sent voicemails and emailed us and wrote in on Instagram with your predictions this year. Honestly, talking to all of you is one of my very favorite things to do. And now we are turning to some of my other colleagues. We asked them for their cultural predictions on their beats, from music to fashion to film to art. Here's what they had to say. Hi, I'm Arwa Hazer. I'm a music critic for FT Weekend. In 2022, some of the most fun moments for me came when pop artists, contemporary pop artists like Harry Styles or Olivia Rodrigo
1: came out with surprise guests from different eras or Beyonce put Grace Jones and Thames on the same track. And you just had this meeting of generations and different global styles.
0: In 2023, I would love to hear more of that creative report across generations and global genres so i think we've moved beyond the nostalgia industry and into a place where the potential to bring audiences together in a way that maybe hasn't happened before and it just feels really positive and i can't wait to hear more of that hi i'm lauren imbeck the fashion editor of the FT. Uh, next year, I hope to see governments make real strides to regulate the fashion industry's environmental
1: impact. Uh, Europe is definitely leading the way here. Uh, trend-wise, I don't make predictions. I like to think we're in a in a post-trend environment. Uh, people should wear what they want. But in general, we are seeing a freer approach to fashion, mixing more new things with vintage, um, not aiming for this sort of like perfect Parisian minimalism, which I think is great.
0: I'm Patrick McGee in San Francisco, and my tech prediction for 2023 feels more like a hope than a real prediction. And the hope is that Apple CEO Tim Cook pulls off one of those Steve Jobs One More Thing surprises and delivers a headset for augmented and extended reality. If we know anything about Apple product launches, it's that they say no to ideas far more than they say yes. So if it's the case that Apple is readying the launch of a headset, you can be sure it means they have solved a host of issues that could make this whole metaverse thing more of a mainstream reality. Hello, I'm Raphael Abraham, the deputy arts editor of the FT. And I think a couple of things we can expect to see next year in the film world is uh, I think more autobiographical stories from filmmakers. So, Steven Spielberg's uh, The Fablemans, which is based on his life as a young filmmaker growing up, is coming our way. And there's also a lovely little Spanish film called Alcaraz. I think given that my favourite film this year was *After Sun*, which is a first-time film by Charlotte Wells, I think what I'm most looking forward to are the things that we can't see coming, the completely unexpected little gems that you discover. Hello, I'm Jan Daly. I'm the arts editor at the FT. What I do hope for next year is that we'll all get a bit more confident about going out to live performance events. I think during the lockdowns, we all lost the habit of going out. Some people have told me that they haven't even been back to a cinema. And I just hope we can all rediscover that pleasure, the pleasure of being with an, uh, an audience responding to live action arts. Um, there's nothing like it. It's a real joy and we need to reestablish that, I think. the show this week and the final show of the year. Thank you very much for listening to FT Weekend, the podcast from the Financial Times. Thank you also for being part of it, for talking about cultural trends with me, for telling us your stories. This might sound cheesy, but it's honestly quite hard for me to express how fulfilling of a year this has been. We're taking a few weeks off, but we will be back for our first episode of 2023 on Friday, January 6th. It's a good one. My colleague Helen Worrell has written about women spies in MI6, which is Britain's foreign-facing intelligence agency. She spent six months with them, which is unprecedented, and she joins me to talk about what their lives are like. Then, right after you've made your New Year's resolutions, we have Tim Harford on to tell us about the value of quitting. I would really love to hear what you've thought of the show this year. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Lila Rapp, mostly Instagram, and chat with me there. You can email us at ftweekendpodcast at ft.com, or you can follow the show on Twitter at ftweekendpod. As a holiday gift to us, we would love if you could take a minute or two right now to just leave us a rating or a review on Apple or on Spotify that really helps support the show. And if you like this episode, give it a share and tag us. I'm Lila Raptopoulos, and here is my exceptional team. Katya Kumkova is our senior producer. Lulu Smith is our producer. Molly Nugent is our contributing producer. Our sound engineers are Breen Turner and Sam Javinko, with original music by Metaphor Music. I'm going to pause here to shout out our talented engineers, Breen and Sam, for making this show sound as gorgeous as it does week after week. Topher Forjas is our executive producer, and thanks, as always, goes to our head of audio, Cheryl Brumley. Have a very happy holidays, and we'll find each other again next year.
1: Hi, this is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys. with Good credit. From a
0: local business to a global corporation.